0: Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Upload Podcast. That's right. I have hype this week. I am not on NPR. And and you know why? Casey can't tell me what to do. As always, we are brought to you by Martin Vintage, who has... Plenty of vintage Purdue apparel and not just sports specific, but also school specific with the school. They've got a great uh, couple of business uh, t shirts and everything else. Just go out and check them out at martinvintage.com. And as always, it sucks driving to the airport. We are sponsored by Reindeer Shuttle. Uh, They are also the sponsor of our official game wraps each week, and they've just been great. helping us get set up and we just want them to want you to know out there that if you're looking for a job and you've got a CDL license they are looking to hire you to drive people to and from the airport and uh just give them a call over at rain or give them a call at raindale.com yeah listen to me anyway <laughs> <sighs> anyway with that out of the way we have two guests this week uh, as part of the show Casey is on assignment and we have Jace Jellison here how are you doing tonight Jace doing well as always Travis how are you I am good. I am good. And with us is Kyle Holderfield, who has his screen labeled as Big Daddy right now, because he's on dad <laughs> duty. How you doing, Kyle?
1: Uh, switching things up a little bit today. I'm, I'm fantastic, though. Fresh off a well, of Children's Museum the... visit today.
0: Oh, you took two kids to the Children's Museum? God bless you.
1: <laughs> One can't move yet, so.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh anyway so for our first topic tonight obviously the big thing is purdue has now clinched at least a share of its 25th big 10 championship and kyle you were there uh last night in Mackey arena uh not the best way to do it but it's still a championship isn't it
1: um, i winning's, winning's winning and we've taken care of business up until you know the last four or six games or so so uh you, i mean there's there's a lot of people that are it seems upset almost that we won our 25th Big Ten championship, which is the most in, in the Big Ten, um, you know, but winning is winning regardless. Uh, and this team at one point was 21-0, t- and 0, um, and we were picked by most people to finish sixth, seventh, or eighth um, in the Big Ten this year. And Coach Painter's got them to another Big Ten title. I mean, I think he tweeted out earlier today, Coach Painter did, uh, this is our third Big Ten title in seven years, and – you know, not a, no one else can say that. And about two plays from having it be a fifth Big Ten title in seven
0: years, and that, I know I've said it a lot. I feel like the 2019 title was a makeup title for the one we should have won in 18, and I think this year is a makeup one for the
1: one from last year. Don't you guys agree? Y- yeah, I think I think so for sure. You know, I mean, but that just shows the consist- consistency that that Coach Painter has year in and year out, man. I mean. He's one of the best, uh, regardless of what the the Twitter fans say. Um, I mean, he he is one of the best out there, and there's 342 other basketball teams that would love to have him around their basketball program. It just comes down to, you know, you hear it on
0: every broadcast and everything else, the same with Gene Cady. He's done everything but, and then they do that Final Four, so it's... It would be nice if we could get that this year, but you talk about consistency. I'm looking at his record here. This is his fourth Big Ten championship of his career, and he has finished second an additional four times. Uh, I'm counting last year because technically Purdue was third, but they were a game back behind two teams that shared the title, so that's really kind of a second-place one. But that's just an insane level of consistency, especially when – you can pretty much throw out, you know, his first year where Purdue wasn't even close to contention.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he, again, he's just, he, he's one of the best and year in and year out, you know, he's going to have a team built to win some games and it might not be the same makeup of every single year. Obviously we, we have a big guy. That's the focal point, but sometimes it's going to be some scrappy young freshman guards that, that surprise some people or the Carson Edwards year, you got a guy that can score 25 points a game from the wing or Jaden Ivey, you know, he 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 changes to what he has.
0: Yeah, and that that is an amazing thing. And I don't think a lot of people realize this entire team can come back next year except for David Jenkins Jr. Uh, you know, Jace, what do you think about that? It's very rare that you could just roll a team back. But you lose Jenkins, but you're gaining Camden Heidi, who's redshirting, and you're gaining a Miles Colvin. I mean, that's a net win in my book.
2: You might be getting three absolute freaks because Willie Berg is 7'3", and obviously we haven't seen him in practice and things like that, but he he can shoot it a little bit at least. He can step out and hit a 15-foot jumper at the very least. You got him. You got quite possibly the most athletic kid in in Purdue history. When I saw him at – I saw Miles Colvin at the uh, Dizzy Runs Pro-Am last summer he was playing against pros and he was the most athletic person on the court in every single game he played playing against NBA guys. Like he, he went up against Keelan Martin and uh, there, I mean, there's, there's, there's too many to name, but I mean, he was, he's just a freak. And then Camden, Heidi uh, Casey always tells us about looking at, looking at him in the layup and dunk line. It's like a, a, a damn dunk contest. Every, every game, (laughs) it's insane. So adding those three guys to just give him at least athleticism. Um, this team could be really special for the next several years. As, yeah. we've kind of, as we've kind of alluded to already.
0: Yeah. And technically Zach Eady can come back for two more years. Uh, I I tend to think he's coming back next year just because and yeah, he is so low on draft boards, but at the other, you know, on the other side of that, is he ever going to get any higher on draft boards? And what you want to see if they're going to draft him is they want to see if he can be able to shoot threes. Well, that's not what we need from him. That's not what Purdue needs from him. So you don't want him to upset the balance that this team has by making him go away from the basket. So, I mean, it's just so hard to speculate and everything, but it is, it is kind of fun at the same time to see and think, think about the future when this team's already well ahead of
2: schedule. Yeah. And you look at someone like drew Timmy or Hunter Dickinson who kind of have outside shots a little bit and they still haven't gone pro now. I don't know how much NIL money they're getting and, and things like that. And what <laughs> opportunity, what opportunities they, they could have in the, in the NBA. But like, I think I see Edie coming back for another year. I don't think he stays for two personally. I think he'll be, I think he'll accomplish everything he'll want to accomplish in, in four years. And, And be on his way and have a phenomenal career, whether that's in the NBA or, or carving out a 15 year career overseas somewhere. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's what, I mean, we talk, we talk about him so much and we still can't get over it. Just how how special of a player he is. It's, it's pretty crazy. And and that's, that's what uh,
0: is so amazing about this is Purdue won the big 10 and people are disappointed today. People are disappointed today because they because they didn't beat Indiana, and I know we were kind of talking before the show here. I'm trying to think of the last time that Purdue won the Big Ten while getting swept by Indiana, and I'd have to go deep into the media guide to check that out.
2: <sighs> anyway, yeah, what you got, Jace? I was gonna say I don't. It's probably never happened.
1: Uh, that's my guess.
0: I I bet it's happened. Just. It's been a while. I mean, because I'm trying to think. Obviously, it's not happened at her painter, uh, because they they beat him in 2010, they beat him in 17, they beat him in 19. Uh, you pre- if you go back to the big dog years and the the threepeat in the 90s, I'm pretty sure they at least got a split each of those years. I mean, you're probably looking, you know, what 83 maybe or something. Maybe. I'd have, to, yeah. But the point is, is that the the title is secured and. Uh, it'd be nice to get it out right here. You know, a lot of things would have to go right. It, assuming Purdue doesn't win one of the next two games, but surely we're winning one of these next two, right, Kyle?
1: Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, uh, Wisconsin looks like might've suffered a pretty big loss today with Chucky, Chucky Hepburn. I think is their point guard. Um, he, he suffered like a non-contact injury and looked pretty frustrated off the court. So who knows what that is? Obviously you don't wish for injuries, but um you know we're at Wisconsin and you host Illinois who just got beat up by Ohio State today um, who's you know I think Ohio State lost nine games in a row going into that game um you you think you think we'd win one of these last two and you know I mean that the first 21 games of the year I mean you know, the statistics are in our favor to win one of the last two I don't think Wisconsin <laughs> I don't think Wisconsin can hang with us personally just um just how much more efficient we are uh, than they are on the offensive end Um, Especially when we're, you know, when we actually hit our outside shots. I I think we need both to hang on to the one line and probably
0: a win or two in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I saw a scenario today that would be really nice, at least, and it's uh, you beat Wisconsin, you beat Illinois, and there is a possibility that you could get Rutgers, Northwestern, and Indiana all in a row in the Big Ten tournament, and then get a win over all fourteen, all thirteen teams.
1: Perfect, and so. uh, i'm fine with that <laughs> yeah you know i'm i we we talked about a little bit earlier the the difference between a one and a two is so marginal right now um because you know college basketball if you ask me there's not i mean we, we obviously are pretty dominant for 21 games but there's not one team that's just so much better than than anybody else you know like kansas is peaking at the right time it seems um but you know everybody behind us six seven eight Six, seven, and eight all lost this weekend as well. So, um, you know, I there's there's just not one dominant team, and you know, the the difference between a high two seed and a low one seed is, you know, the, the guys that make those decisions. I guess. Yeah, and
0: one of the factors there could be: do you want to be the one seed and have to play in Vegas, or the two seed that may have to go through Louisville? Well, right. I'll take the two seed in Louisville, honestly. <laughs> Uh, anyway, speaking of the NCAA tournament, we can shift gears a little bit to the uh, Purdue women's team. And I was talking to Jace earlier today. What the hell, man? What happened? What What are their chances after just
2: not a great loss at Minnesota today? Yeah. First off, starting with the game in that first half, they found themselves down 11 at halftime against one of the worst teams in the big 10 coming into today. The they'd only won two games in the calendar year of 2023. And Purdue just so happened to be the third um, in the, in the big 10 finale, but um, they just, they were just cold from three to start. I think Minnesota was five for 10 in the first quarter and Purdue was one of seven or one of eight. Um, and that, and obviously in a Katie Gerald's run system, that's going to hurt you really bad. Um, and then in the second half, Purdue cut the lead, got the lead. We're up by five. Um, things happened, They started trading baskets and then, Alicia Petrie got called on a questionable elbow call. Um, Minnesota gets two free throws. They go on a 7-0 run, and and that was all she wrote. But what it means for Purdue in the bubble, um, I still think they're on the right side of the bubble. uh, But to put away all doubt, they need to win at least one game of the Big Ten tournament just to get them up to 19 wins. Because you look at their wins at Illinois, at Ohio State, Oklahoma State, which has turned into a really good win. They've they've won 20 games. They were down today. I don't know if – I didn't see if they won or not. Uh, could be 21 games. Syracuse turned into a good win and then at Michigan State. And their only two bad losses were Minnesota and Penn State, and they beat both of those teams earlier in the year. Um, so you can't really look and be like, oh, well, well they don't show up or or, or what have you. But, um, I mean, I, I still think they're on that 11-10 line. I could see them playing in like a first four or something like that. But I remember Autumn Johnson last week had him at – a 10 seed um, ESPN had them around mm-hmm. a 10, 11 seed. So I think they're still mm-hmm. in, but if they get blown out by Wisconsin, they might fall under that uh on the wrong side of the bubble.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at the latest bracketology from ESPN here. Uh, they do have Purdue in the last four buys. They have their Purdue, mm-hmm. Illinois, Miami, and Kansas, and they've got Purdue ahead of Illinois, Miami, and Kansas. Obviously this is before the Minnesota loss. And then the first four teams that they have in, as that last four in, Marquette, St. John's, Princeton, and Syracuse. So, you know, there's some interesting moving parts there with Princeton could win an automatic bid, because I'm assuming there's not another Ivy League team <laughs> that uh, is going to be an at-large there. And uh, they do have Purdue on the 10 line, so... Mm. it, it it's an improvement though. And it's year two under Katie Gerald's. And this is a obviously program that's taken some pretty big steps forward, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, even when I started covering back in 2019, when I got my first shot from uh, the notorious T-Mill. Those hammer and rails guys, man, they're just so disreputable. Uh, they were stuck. They're kind of stuck in neutral under Versip, obviously. And then um, everything transpired with, with her and, and Katie took over, and she just – it's new life into the program. All the girls – they got all the – I don't want to call them troublemakers, but they had they had clicks and kind of tension in the locker room, and um, I think they've solved those issues. Uh, Cassidy Hards talked a lot about it when we've been able to talk to her for media availabilities. And, um, I mean, this team is just they're, – they're together, and when they're clicking, they're really clicking. You saw it against Ohio State. You saw it against Illinois. Um, obviously, against the bottom of the Big Ten, they can they can be any by twenty or thirty, like they did against Penn State the other day. Um, and I think Katie Gerald. If you look at her track record; you have to give her the benefit of the doubt. She's gonna she's gonna take this thing where it needs to go.
0: Yeah, and just the fact that it's back on the right track is tremendous right now, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, and at least at least they're in a good spot right now and i'm glad to see that we will uh hopefully have a good selection sunday for them as well and uh, that's a short topic tonight but you know you can only say so much about tournament chances as we go into the big ten tournament and then uh probably the last thing we want to talk about tonight is you guys are the experts on this with uh (laughs) junior day coming up uh what do you think casey or Kyle, Kyle. (laughs) you're Kyle. Hey,
1: yes. (laughs) Uh, No, man, it's, it's, it's an exciting, um, you know, the the dead period is finally over. It's just been over a month here of of the dead period when basically there be no contact, no visits, can't visit schools. Kids can't really come to campus. Um, Now they're entering the quiet period um, for about a month and a half where, where kids can come over to Purdue for visits, but they can't visit the school's, um, before evaluation days, uh, but you know, I, I expect a lot of I expect a lot of prospects to be at Purdue over the next month and a half, especially on the weekends. They're going to host multiple junior day visits, and, and it's a pretty loaded one here coming up with some with some top tier prospects. And I, I I mentioned it in our in my weekly upload that I do every Friday um, around lunchtime that um, you know this 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 staff um, while young has a lot of connections and, and they're, they're casting a wide net, man. Like you have Harrell and, and coach Maddox are, are taking control of the Texas recruiting and coach Patterson's holding down St. Louis and, and you have coach Kennard who knows everybody in Indiana, um, from you know, playing at Purdue, he's born and raised here. And then when he was at Miami of Ohio, he, um, recruited Indiana. And then, um, you got some of those young guys like Joe Denines holding down the great plains a little bit with, uh, with, with coach Kane. Um, and it's just, uh, and, and even coach Carter, I think has a little bit of take down there in the South as well. Um, you know, they're, they're casting a wide net. So I think we got really used to the last staff getting a lot of guys from Kentucky, um, obviously Indiana, and then sparingly just random places throughout the United States. But I think like, I think there's going to be a, a large amount of Texas kids and we're going to see more St. Louis kids and, um, Chicago recruits coming to Purdue as well. You know, St. Louis is, is a city that has just so much, so many athletes that don't get recruited. Um, I'm really interested to seeing where that goes because Coach Patterson was a head coach in, in St. Louis for a long time. So I think he has some connections to, to get some diamonds in the rough from there as well.
0: So who's some of our big names coming this week, Jace? Sorry, what was that? I said, "Who's some of our big names coming this week for
2: uh, for uh, Junior Day?" Oh yeah, <clears throat> obviously. I think both Kyle and I talked about it in the weekly upload in the in the recruiting roundup. Marcos de Villa, um is probably the top name as of right now. Not, I mean Bryce Bryce West is the number 30, 30th overall player in the country in the class of twenty twenty four. He's a four star five star recruit, but Marcos de Villa is going to be the guy that everyone's going to have their eyes on. Um, he's, he's really close with coach Harrell. Um, he recruited him really hard when, when coach Harrell was back at West Virginia and, um, the two formed a really good relationship. And even before he was committed to TCU, um, he committed December 22nd. And then just, just this week he decommitted and those rumors started swirling up again. Um, so, I mean, that connection with Coach Harrell, him coming up to Purdue already, he was already scheduled to come up, but um, things are trending in the right direction for Purdue to land him, obviously. Um, he's got time, and, and I don't know how soon he'd like to commit to another school. Um, I know Miami, Baylor, Texas Tech, and Colorado are also going after him pretty heavily, um, but but he's he's the top guy as of right now. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I like that. When you're
0: flipping a guy potentially from a team that was in the national championship game, that's, that's pretty impressive. And uh, I like, I like to see some names like that. And what do you think, uh, you know, Kyle was talking about the diversified approach to recruiting. What do you think of that Jace?
2: Yeah, we've got a chance to talk to them a little bit and they're excited to get out on the road. And, and like Kyle mentioned, um, Coach Patterson's able to find some diamonds in the rough. They're hoping that Armad Branch could be one of those guys um, coming from Festus, Missouri. Um, I mean, he had no offers, no stars, and then um, another recruiting service. I won't say their name, but they gave him four stars after not having any offers, having nothing. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what that really says about about Purdue's recruiting. But they've gone into different areas. They brought in Mondrell Dean from from West Virginia, um, there's, there's been a few. And then, yeah, l- like Kyle mentioned a, l- a little bit earlier, guys are going all over the place and they're really honing in on, on the places that ne- that they know best. Interesting. Uh, I like hearing
0: that. And it, it just seems a lot better Yeah. You know, you mentioned Texas as you want to recruit Texas. Everybody wants to recruit Texas and you don't think of Kentucky as a uh, college football hotbed. I mean, yeah, I know we got some good guys from there and whatnot, but uh, it's still Kentucky (laughs) when it comes to football. So Uh, and then I guess uh, this would be more of a question for Kyle since you're tied into the Indiana coaching scene. You know what's kind of what you're hearing throughout the coaching network on your side with where things are. Uh,
1: I've I'm, I've heard only good things about all the coaches that have visited. Um, we've uh, Coach Canard was at uh, Harrison a couple weeks ago. Coach Walters came through and, and talked to a couple of our guys the week after when he had a little bit of a downtime um, before he hosted um, somebody for an on-campus visit. I can't remember who it was. He ended up recruit or committing. Um, but only only good things from everybody. Um, obviously, one of the big schools that everybody focuses on is cathedral. Um, our head coach's brother is the head coach there and and Billy said that they are just just great guys and they're always in the building so and always reaching out and seeing what's going on um, you know I but coach Walter said in his his introductory press press conference he wants to build a, a fence around the state and He's holding to it. He's making relationships in the state of Indiana, and he's putting offers out there to, to in-state kids that can that can play football. And um, Indiana used to be <clears throat> very under-recruited in football, but the state has really kind of taken off in the last five or six years, in my opinion, with, with some guys going elsewhere. like Iowa always comes to Indianapolis and usually gets one or two offensive linemen, like every single class. Ohio State likes to come and get our best guys. Um, so, you know, trying to keep those guys within the state of Indiana would be huge. Um, I mean, not, not even many go to Notre Dame. It just seems like most are at Ohio State or, or heading to Iowa that, that are leaving the state. But, um, you know, guys like uh, I think Jordan King is, a, is an offensive lineman, if I remember right, from Fort Wayne, um, who, who I think could be a pretty tremendous um, early get. And I think he's going to be here this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a Valparaiso offensive tackle, Matt Hoffer. Um, He's a 6'6, 280 pound kid. I think he could be uh, another early one that, that maybe the Bill to get. And, um, you know, the running back for Michigan City is a priority for him. And Coach Kennard's all over that kid. And I've only heard good things. And it's, it's encouraging um, because I, I'm not going to say anything bad about the previous staff or anything like that, but they weren't visible. I'll just leave it at that. They weren't super visible. <laughs>
0: I think it's pretty telling if they weren't visible when Harrison's, what,
1: five miles from campus? And we had a, a kid that had, you know, 4,000 yards, 4, yards rushing in three season and 65 touchdowns and, you know. Not well, they got big George Koloptis, though. They got big George, at least. Well, all you got to do is watch from the from the ross state press box from there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man. Well, with that in mind, I think we can start to wrap this up. It'll be a little bit shorter this week, but uh, you know, there was, there's plenty to go around with uh junior day. So do you have any final thoughts, Jace?
2: I think, I think Purdue could get two guys this weekend uh, to commit. That's my prediction.
0: Cause we only have one commit for the uh, 24 class, correct?
2: Yeah. Yes, sir. Hudari Hines from Franklin Central is a cornerback.
1: Okay. Kyle, do you have any final thoughts here? just win one of the last two and it's an outright championship just win one of the two I don't even care if we win it outright I'll be honest but I want it to be outright <laughs> uh, I would like to win it outright and there
0: exists a scenario where we don't even have to win we just need Indiana Northwestern yeah. Michigan and uh <laughs> and uh I, I forget who else to uh lose one I think yeah. it's Maryland so yeah. <laughs> and one of those is going to happen because Indiana still has to play Michigan. So that's only asking for three other losses, but let's just, let's win it, win it out. Right. let win That'd one and we're
1: good.
0: Yeah. All right. And I guess, I guess my final thought is just going back to basketball is let's enjoy this. I mean, if you had told us back in October when we started this whole thing that Purdue was going to have at least a share of the big 10 wrapped up after the Indiana game and with two to play, I don't know of a single Purdue fan that wouldn't have taken that. And so, yes, it sucks they got swept by Indiana. I hate it. Everybody hates it. Indiana fans are just talking an inordinate amount of uh, business today. But this team still went out and won the Big Ten when other teams that had higher expectations at the beginning of the year did not do so. So it's good to see that. I'm going to buy the shirt. I know you guys are probably going to buy the shirt. Uh, So let's enjoy it and hopefully uh i would much rather have a poor shooting night at home against indiana than in a sweet 16 game and hopefully the shots will fall once the tournament starts so with that in mind for kyle for jace and myself i'm travis miller and this has been the boiler upload podcast